This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Today on the TMZ Podcast. Welcome to the TMZ Podcast. Derek and Eric here. Yep. Good morning. Good morning to you. So, got a full slate of stories. Why don't you kick us off with uh, old Donald Trump? Donald Trump. So much is going on with Donald Trump. But let's get to the, the, the insane headline here. Did you know that you can declassify documents with your mind? I you did. just have to think about it, and it is done. It's becoming like, a, you know, a, a mentalist. Now. Yeah, it's, he's full Professor X at this point. So, he appeared on Hannity's show. And he said that, uh, you know, if you're the president, you can declassify things by just saying it or just thinking it. You had said on Truth Social a number of times you did declassify. I did declassify, yes. Okay. Is there a process? What was your process to declassify? It doesn't have to be a process, as I understand it. You know, there's different people say different things. But as I understand, there doesn't have to be. If you're the president of the United States, you can declassify just by saying um, it's declassified, even by thinking about it, because you're sending it to Mar-a-Lago or to wherever you're sending it. And there doesn't have to be a process. There can be a process, but there doesn't have to be. Yeah, there doesn't need to be a process, he said. This is because the power, his essential argument is the power is so absolute uh, in, in a president's ability to declassify documents that he doesn't even have to tell third parties, hey, declassify this. He can just think it and therefore the, the document becomes uh, declassified. Yeah. Although nobody knows it's declassified except you at that point. So how does the world that operate is, in that way? That is full, like, weird. I do think he believes it, though. I think he has internalized this view of the presidency as as a king, essentially. That's, that's the thing. It's full, beyond, it's full dictator. Like, yeah. I can just think a thing, and whatever I want it to be, it is. Yes. This, I don't have to go through, you know, Congress at all. I don't have to tell any advisors. I don't have to. I just, if I think it, it is the law. Yes. Do you know what this reminds me of? So there was a very famous Frost Nixon, the, the, the famous interview, and the, the most famous quote from that. That was uh, Frost, the gotcha moment. He asked him uh, something about about Watergate, and he said, when the president does it, that means it's not illegal. And everyone yeah. was like, this is insane. This yeah. is insane. A that is not true. That, that, is a, yeah, that <laughs> sentiment means that you are above the law. When, when you do an action that is otherwise illegal, it is not illegal. We don't do that here in America. And everyone no. sort of seized on that and said, wow, Nixon is a very corrupt individual. This sounds a lot like that. More of a buffoonish way of sort of crystallizing it, that it, idea. It's just so. Where where are we? It's you very know like what, what 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 point are we at with this now that he's like, you know, and, and the whole thing this is all because you know now the the, the Department of Justice is going to be able to go through all these documents, which he did not want to happen, and you know he fought to get this special master to review the documents. The judge who Trump appointed agreed to that, got the special master. Mm-hmm. The master's like, okay. I need to see the documents to know what was declassified and what's not. And Trump's like, um, no. Some of it's up here. Yeah. So I can't yeah. give you those. I can't turn those over. It's just sometimes what I think. And, and, and they would be like, well, is this one? Well, would it be good for me if that one was declassified? <laughs> yeah. Then it's declassified. He's, he's so self-serving and he's so bumbling. That, now, what I'll give you a hopeful spin of this. Uh, the rule of law is triumphing in in a lot in a lot of it respects. Is. You know, the special master. We have processes here. They went. They appointed a special master. There, he's asking for absurd things, but he's running up against these roadblocks, and now it's starting to sort of crumble. He's cornered. Uh, and, and, and even the, 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 there's three judges who agreed to let the Department of Justice review these documents. 
he appointed, Trump himself appointed two of those three judges. Yes. So there's not a, a bias one way or the other. This is just the rule if, of if law. Anything, this is what our country's built state. on. That's yeah. right. That's right. So I think of this as a triumph of the strength of the institutions that we have worried are crumbling. We, we're worried that democracy is 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 sort of falling apart. The, the threads of it that are held together are, you know, sort of being stretched to their absolute yeah. limit. We talk about, um, you know, sort of the redistricting and, and, and things of that nature and how they're going to certify elections and people being put in place to sort of overwhelm they and can just throw undo, out how people vote basically yeah, undo d- democratic yeah. uh, elections uh this strikes a more hopeful tone he, he looks so absurd at this point he's also under assault in new york he just had a 200 million dollar lawsuit filed against him by the state attorney general yeah uh basically This is fascinating, too. We'll just sort of touch upon it. She is saying he's inflated all these numbers to take advantage of insurance companies and lenders over the years. Basically, if you inflate the amount of assets you have or what they're worth, uh, you're able to borrow more money. You have more assets to borrow against. However, what he's telling the taxing authorities is that those assets are worth way less. And he signed off on that. That's right. His his signature's on the documents. He has conflicting valuations, one to get low taxes and one to maximize the amount he can borrow. That's tough. That's and and to this overcome. also that that would hurt him because so much of his image, what got him into the White House, is this idea that he's this super savvy businessman and he's so smart and so wealthy. And if it's if it's exposed, and of course a lot of people will never believe it no matter what. That's right. If it's exposed that this was all built on lies and nothing, it damages his reputation as this like genius businessman. Like or unless you think it's smart to to con people. To, like if you well, it, it, it you know, he, said, be. he said not paying taxes was made him smart. Yeah, so listen, when you're a brand. smart con man, though, you get away with these things. And now if the edifice all starts to crumble at once uh, before 2024, you got to wonder whether people will start to sort of wake up to to who he is. And There's sort a of percentage maybe that will, will never, will never him, wake course. up. They're sort of, you know, in his corner. But there is a, a, a proportion of people, I think, uh, that will be shook out of the stupor. I, I think. I'm hopeful, at least. Of I that. don't know. But we'll this, see. Yeah, what, again, whatever you think, politics one way or the other. You know, you could have disagreed with George Bush or Obama. They're the, the traditional disagreeing with politicians. This whole I declassified things in my mind and didn't tell anybody. It's really beyond the pale what of the political of reality spectrum. Is this? It's, I, I don't know. It, it is. It's beyond politics at this point. This is so about this particular. You know, it's not his value. It's not his uh, the the positions he's espousing, which some of them are. You know, doc. You know, this is not arguing part about of a border wall. orthodoxy. This, this, this is, is about that. Yeah. This is about how this guy sort of sees himself as a dictator, and that's very very problematic in America. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's move on to a, a lighter story. <laughs> um, so Johnny Depp is dating a lawyer. Now, but it's not the lawyer you think. So remember, in his defamation case in Virginia, the breakout star was Camille Vasquez. And there were all these rumors based on the flirtatious sort of banter they would have. Him uh, touching her arm. Him sort of grazing her her arm and so forth that they were dating. However, she's in a serious relationship, always sort of denied that allegation. She said he's perfectly nice. She said it was sexist, basically to assume that that a woman, you know, a, a female lawyer would have to be dating her client if he's like a handsome actor. Like this is sexist to assume that there's something sure. between us. She's like, I'm a, I'm a powerful, talented lawyer in my own and right. Not, I don't need to date him wrong, to work on his case. But maybe the people who thought that weren't wrong, because it turns out he is dating his lawyer. He is, but not so he's dating. Who wasn't? The, she's married still. He's dating. Uh, this these are reports that he is dating a married lawyer named Joel Rich, who was who was representing him in the UK trial. Now remember that trial, he lost. Yeah, that was everyone <laughs> thought that def, def, defamation trial would follow in the in the footsteps of the UK trial where he. 
that was a about a publication that sort of labeled him an abuser. And they said, look, there's enough there to label him an abuser. So, so there lost. was no defamation. He lost that. But case. No hard feelings. No hard feelings, <laughs> apparently, uh, because he's dating Joelle Rich, who she worked on that case. She was uh, not part of the defamation case in America and that part of the legal team. But she did show up. She did show up. Yes. She was there to support her man, which we didn't know at the time because we were all looking at Camille. Everyone had tunnel vision <laughs> yeah. about, wow, it must be Camille because she was young and vivacious and so talented. We thought that must be where the romance lies because she's winning this case for but him. But Joelle is also young and vivacious and an attractive woman. And, and married. very accomplished. <laughs> and married, you know. Uh, she's in the process of getting divorced. Uh, and she and her husband are apparently estranged. They do share two kids. Uh, but her bio says she works to defend clients' reputations against false and defamatory allegations in print, online, and on social media. Not always successfully, apparently. Uh, she lost the UK <laughs> case. But he does. Um, I'm sure that his life was in such shambles that the saviors who rode in to sort of um, sort of help his career become resurrected, even if they failed in that mission, there's a certain sort of complex you develop where, wow, these people really care about me. The world is yeah. against me, but these people believe me. And, and I she can clearly see that. does because, because if, you know, you were, you know, a lawyer, you, you assume you want to. Believe. No client ever fell in love with me. No, no, but I'm saying is you want to, <laughs> yeah. if you're, well, you weren't a defense attorney. No. But you would imagine if you were, you would at least want to believe yourself they were innocent. Yes. It must be hard to defend somebody you think did it. So clearly she doesn't think he was this horrible abuser because she probably wouldn't be dating him. I think that's right. I think, I think you get into a mindset of sort of convincing yourself, maybe some, some cognitive dissonance if you initially believe that, oh, maybe there's some truth to this and am I representing a scumbag, you sort of tell yourself that can't be true. Be yeah. And it helps you sort of defend them going forward to your you, to, Yeah, you can do to it enough to, to, you can believe it enough to defend them. But to date them, you probably really think they were innocent. Yeah. You would hope. Or you're just enamored with Johnny Depp and, and it's very, very exciting and he's a big, big movie star for all his, but, all of his flaws. Uh, maybe that, she that, looked that at her UK husband trial. and was like, oh, he'll never be Johnny Depp. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. That's unfair to her husband. <laughs> uh, but that UK trial was years ago. Years right? ago. And they're still together. So clearly this is already... A real relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and who knows? I mean, when his career takes off again, Johnny Depp has dated some of the most famous people. Maybe he is at a different phase of who he wants to date. I mean, we saw this with George Clooney. He used to date sort of famous people, Stacey yeah. Ke Keebler, was yeah. that her name? Uh, people like that. And then he ended up with a lawyer. <laughs> it's true. You know, everyone settles true. down with lawyers, Eric. That's oh. why I played the long game in life. <laughs> I said, you're not going to fall in love with me. I'm oh. not the captain of the football team. But at the end of the race. How's that working out for you? Uh, great. <laughs> If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Macy's, Adidas, and Walmart, and even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use, and you get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. So download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's Rakuten. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. <laughs> Moving on. Speaking of great relationships. Yeah, so Kanye West uh, has opened up more. You know, he's such a shrinking violet. He's not yeah, very open he's, he's about his feelings. He's apologizing. He is apologizing to to Kim. He is apologizing uh, for, to Kim. For basically how he's behaved, I want everyone to sort of, it's always best to hear from Kanye himself. So let's listen to this clip of his apology to Kim. This is the mother of my children, and 
I apologize for any stress that I have caused, but also ain't nobody else gonna be causing no stress either. I need this person to be least stressed and a best sound mind and as calm as possible to be able to raise those children. Do you feel you have a voice as you're co-parenting now? I do have a voice, but I had to fight for it. And it's just little nuances where there was a parallel to what was, what was happening at Gap, what was happening at Adidas, and what was happening in my home. It was all a kind of a disregard for the voice of something that I co-created. So I want to give him credit first before I sort of take this apart. <laughs> he does apologize in what sounds like an unqualified, sincere way, although it then trails off. He says, yeah, I apologize there's, there's for a any but. stress I've caused. He, he admits to causing stress, and he's apologizing to the extent that he has caused stress, but there's the big but. Then there's uh, and oh, then you get Kim Kardashian, into, <laughs> big but. Rude. There's a big but at the end. Uh, he gets into his sort of petty resentments, and that's when you sort of see how strangely his mind works is what I want to, I don't want to sort of like, you know, really uh, sort of uh, lean in on, on mental illness or anything like that, but you can see how his brain works. He's got yeah. these resentments inside and he thinks they're all of a piece and they come from his belief that no one has regard for him. Regard. He hear, you hear that word disregard. Kim doesn't listen to him about the children. The Gap doesn't give him the credit he's deserved. Adidas over. didn't. Adidas doesn't give him the credit. He is yearning for validation and he feels like he's not getting it. Although to the outside world, he does get it. He seems like somebody, <laughs> he's created this entire empire for himself, you know, and we all artistically call him a genius. and business. Yeah, he has. And and it is weird to say, like, you know, I'm sorry I caused Kim all this stress, but it's it's it just seems like Kanye's, you know, ego, which is always his yes. thing, that I need her to be this way. Yes. Like, I'm sorry I stressed you out, but I need you to be calm. Like, it's still imposing... You have to be the way I need you to be. Any deviation from his uh, sort of view of things and the way they should be is an affront to him. And that's very strange because so much of, of his ego has been fed by society, by Kim. I mean, he's been validated a lot, a lot more than most people on earth, I would yeah. say. He gets to build fancy shoes that are absurd looking and then they sell. Yeah. And, and, and he's, he's, it all he's, feeds the ego. So if anyone He's incredibly departs, successful, incredibly respected. And and it's not enough. It's not enough. It's never enough. And it's that's the thing with, with co-parenting. You know, if, if he has his own record label and he has his own, you know, he had his good music, you are the boss. Yes. With with Gap, he wasn't in charge of Gap as a company, but he owned Yeezy and had his say. So he's like, I'm going to take Yeezy and do my own thing. He can be the boss of that. Yes. With children, you can't be the unqualified boss because there is the other parent. That's right. And when he says, I want regard, he wants control. And I think that's what he's... What he's what he's lacking is he has no there's no spirit of collaboration or other people's involvement. When he said he wants his kids to go to Donda Academy, there's another part of the clip where he says, "I want my kids to go to Donda Academy, the the, the school that he invented uh, in, in a tribute to his who his late mother." That's fine, but you can have a role in the dialogue without the outcome being that the kids go to Donda. That but I don't think Kim he might have discussed that with him. We don't yeah, know that, and she might have been that. like, "I I don't want that." Yes. And the two people can come to a compromise. That's what a, a marriage is about. It's impossible to understand what being in a marriage with Kanye must have felt like for years if this is his mindset. You're in a marriage. I'm in a marriage. Yeah. You There's a give and take. There just is. I mean, if Eric Colley ran his life with, without his lovely wife, Lauren, your life would look different. It would be. And mine would look different without Mary. For better and worse, you sort of get there's a give and take, and everyone's life is a little bit different. But I think he struggles with that. I think he, he struggles wants like when he wants so. a thing to be a certain way. And you don't, you know, in a marriage, you don't always get your way. Yeah. And it's okay. 
Yeah, some of your comic books are under a bed. I'm sure you'd love them in a, in a beautiful display case. I've been to your house. Yeah, Those figurines would look stuff. beautiful in a display case. But, but hey. But I always think, like, for me, it's like, you know, who wants something more? Like, yeah. is she more passionate about a thing than I am? Or am I more, pa- do I want something more than she does? And then we'll compromise with That's each other. Right. What are you going to go to the mat for? You got to, yeah, like, like, list like, your like, priorities. Yeah, not everything has to be a battle. Yes. And it seems like with Kanye, everything is the biggest deal in the world. Yeah, it's either his way or it's a battle. Gosh, it's 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 tough because you listen to him and he sounds, he doesn't sound uh, sort of ranting and raving. He's pretty calm in this interview, but the way his mind works is consistent to me. And you always hear that he is resentful of people not giving him the credit as a genius that he thinks he deserves. And what's strange to the world is we give him a lot of credit. We he do. is an artistic genius, you know? Uh, so it's, it's, a, it's a very strange thing to sort of hear Kanye so angry and frustrated all the time. Uh, given well, but well, that's always the duality of him. While also being very calm and saying, I'm sorry I caused Kim stress. You yes. know, you, and, and I think he's very sincere in that. Yes. I think, I think when he says anything, it's sincere. I agree. It's just these weird... What a complicated guy. Yeah, he's, he's Managing complicated. his personality is complicated. It's not good, it's not bad, it's complicated. It's complicated. All right, let's 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 move it on. I'll tell you what's not that complicated, uh, because this timeline with Khloe Kardashian and her new baby with Tristan uh, has cleared up a bit, and it doesn't look good. Not good for Tristan. Does not look good for Tristan. So Khloe and Tristan had a baby via surrogate, I believe. Yes. Um, and uh, that baby has been born. It's a, you know, a beautiful child. It'll be raised. Tristan found out about impregnating uh, another woman named Marley Nichols in July. So follow this timeline. He finds out July of 2021. Yes. July of 21. Yes. He finds out that he's impregnated another woman. But Chloe does not know. Chloe does not know at this point. However, from July to November, apparently Tristan was encouraging, maybe even pressuring to some extent, Chloe to have another child with him. And this is what she's saying. After exactly what she says, after he knew that he had already impregnated this woman, Chloe finally in November agrees to the implantation. They, they put a, you know, sort of a fertilized egg into a surrogate in December. She finds out about Marley Nichols. Now you're right. This is all Chloe's version of events, but that timeline is rough. And Chloe is saying, look, if I had known, I wouldn't have expanded my family with Tristan. I I certainly love true and, and, and am committed to co-parenting. But I wouldn't have extended this family yeah. if I knew that he was still out there impregnating yeah, other women. Yeah, if she'd known there was already another baby with another woman, and then he's trying to have another one with her. But, uh, okay. <laughs> what do you think? Of, so, so Chloe, it's it's hard to have much sympathy for Chloe because he had already Chloe cheated on her so many record. times. Even if he had not been having this baby with this this other woman yes. in July, what, what did she think this was going to be? Uh, he is a good co-parent to True. Their daughter. Those can, they, they, they all seem to agree able on to that. Compartmentalize his yes. life, and in, they both are able to successfully raise their child together. Sure, but knowing his past and his relationship with her, why do it again? Right. If you don't accept the what has been proven to be central to his character, it's hard for the outside world to sympathize with your plight afterwards. Now, as on a human level, I think it sucks because she she seems to be a person who. I, I think of the metaphor of someone who just keeps stepping on rakes. You ever seen that episode of Sideshow <laughs> Bob just Simpsons, stepping on yeah. every rake? It's, it's you know, once you know the rake is there and you step on it, I'm still sad that you're hurt, but I don't have sympathy that you keep doing yeah. the same thing. Yeah, and, you know, even if he had not had this baby with her, what if there, what if he had gotten another woman pregnant in January? Yes. 
Tristan's going to Tristan. That's just how I feel. <laughs> Tristan, you, you, you can no longer sort of feign surprise, clutch your pearls. It's sad. It was certainly much sadder the first time when it happened to her when we didn't know who Tristan was, but we know who Tristan is. Yeah, and she could be more shocked the first time. Yes, and she can accept it, and she can even decide, they can decide that they want to add a third child, but she needs to know well, there going won't be. in now. There won't, because now she has said, uh, after the birth of this child, she says that she will close that chapter and be done with this trauma. Uh-huh. He's very charming, though. He's and she's charming. opened that book before. I mean, he's very charming. He's very good looking. So, And they will always be in each other's lives. That's right. Because he is a very active parent to their children. That's right. Obviously, she is. And she's and it, she wants him to be active. She's and, not trying to shut him out. That's right. And he's cast her some credit. sort of spell over her. He is. He's got a certain charm. You look at Tristan, and you, I've seen him on the show a few times. I understand what is alluring about him. <laughs> but the, you're gonna have a surrogate. <laughs> have, a, have a kid. With Tristan. I may want to start a family with him. Yeah. But the logical part of your brain sometimes has to take over. Sometimes the Sometimes you know a thing's no good for you, but you can't help yourself. You can't help yourself. Uh, um, all right. Uh, let's move on to our final story, which is the ongoing. Uh, don't worry, darling. Saga with Olivia Wilde, Shia LaBeouf, Florence Pugh, Harry Styles. It's, I mean, this movie's not even come out yet. No, <laughs> and it is the it is just Geely. I've said it before, but it is really like it doesn't matter what the movie is it now. Doesn't. The only story about this movie is the drama on the set and the and the behind the scenes. So Olivia is, is doubling down, saying that that she fired Shia LaBeouf from the movie. Because he gave her an ultimatum to choose between him and, and Florence Pugh. And she said, I went with Florence. She said she went with Florence. And this was before even the allegations about Shia that potentially got him canceled. She said yeah. she subsequently learned and felt better about the decision after this whole event. But that's interesting. She says that, yeah, that he was basically difficult to work with. Yes. He denies that. And he's, got, he's like, I've got my receipts that you begged me to stay on the movie. Mm-hmm. She's staying with her story that, nope, I got rid of you. So listen, you to her, listen to her explanation on, on Colbert because it's interesting. This is sort of like behind the scenes how directors manage uh, sort of problematic actors. Yeah. So just to be clear here, did you fire Shia LaBeouf? We had to replace Shia. He is a fantastic actor, but it wasn't going to work. And, you know, when, given, when he gave me the ultimatum of, you know, him or Florence, I, I chose Florence, and that was him feeling he was stepping away and me feeling like we were moving on without him. So are you saying, just to be clear here, because yes, this is yeah. what people are parsing, okay? Yes, yes And please, I am a tribune clarity. of the people yes. to parse this. Yes. So are you saying, and correct me if I'm wrong, yes. that he wouldn't do the movie in the way that you wanted him yeah, to, there was no... and therefore he had to go so he can say he quit and yes. you fired him and yes. both of you can think you're yeah. right? It's a question of semantics. No, I no, mean... but, but honest to God, is, yeah. is that yes, it? Like, absolutely. Like you... This is fascinating to me because it's the del- it's to, to, to sort of uh, in line with the Kanye comment, the delicacy of egos in, yeah. in, in Hollywood is its own ecosystem. And it's clear to me that Shia LaBeouf wanted to feel like I can't work on a on an amateur production like this. You can't like fire this. me. I quit. I quit. Yes. Yeah. And she wants to feel like, no, I have control of the production, and I made a choice to go with Florence Pugh when you proved to be too problematic and and uh, unable to coexist for whatever reason. And even her answer with Colbert pressing the issue, yeah. it's so delicate. It's such a chess game. And at the end, you're left with, I, I don't know. It's sort of both. It. Is, I think Stephen Colbert was right. He goes, it's it's it is. You know, reality is hard to wrap your mind around. Reality is perception. His perception is I quit. Her perception is I fired you. And they're they're, everything, the timeline lines up. Yes. They both see it very different ways. I think that's right. I think something happened and they both processed it differently. And it's still unclear to me what exactly was it. it, it, It's hard to imagine quitting and firing coexisting. 
but they kind of coexist here. I, I, you know, because Shia LaBeouf felt, felt like, well, I can't work on this production. I need to walk away. And she felt like, well, I need to get rid of him. Because I can't work with you. I can't work with you. And I you need, need my to production walk away. to go forward. For, <laughs> so maybe both. And maybe it's fine. I, I think this goes on. on a. She says during the interview, this is sort of how things go in productions. People come and work on things for a period of time and then they leave the production. It's usually not with your star actor. Uh, but usually. she says that happens as well. But, uh, you know, she's right that cinematographers come on, they try them, it doesn't have the right look, they leave for various reasons. And I'm sure in those instances, it's not as high profile, but kind of similar things happen. It happens in, in normal life. I mean, have you yeah. ever had like an argument with somebody where you felt like you were wronged and they felt like they were wronged? Yes. And maybe you're both right. And maybe you're both wrong. Yeah, usually Mary's wrong. But, uh, but, <laughs> I wasn't but, talking about her specifically. But, <laughs> but when I think about arguments, I think but, about those. But uh, your relationship aside, also a uh, <laughs> side note, uh, Olivia and Harry's relationship apparently is still fine because yes. you know they, they were not very demonstrative towards each other at the premiere of the movie in, uh, at the, in, in Venice. Um, but she showed up at his concert in Madison Square Garden. He was doing his song Music from a Sushi Restaurant, which okay. is kind of a jam. And she was dancing to it, very into it. Looks like they're fine. It does. I think she's handling this very well with respect to the movie. She's the director. She's a professional. She is in a, a position of authority with respect to that movie. And when they go on the red carpet and they act in a professional capacity, she doesn't act lovey-dovey because that's an actor yeah. in her film. However, at a concert, she's just his girlfriend. So she goes to the front or, row and she cheers him on. Or they are broken up and she doesn't want it to look like that right before her movie comes out. That's true. Yeah. She doesn't you know, want another headline about, the, about the this. The thing is, someday, years from now, there's going to be a really good movie about this movie. I I completely There's agree. There's going to be such a good behind-the-scenes <laughs> movie about this. It's going to be just the best thing ever. Yeah, yeah. I'm worried, darling. The, <laughs> the, the whole story. Uh, that'll do it for us. Uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Bye.